Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Tuesday, the 21st of March. My name is Bernadette Anderko, and I'm one of the investment writers at Julius Baer. Today, we'll cover the usual markets roundup and then dive deeper into what to expect from central banks this week and the latest news on digital assets. So let's start with that update from the markets. In New York trading, stocks rose last night as regional banks rebounded. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed 1.2% higher, the S&P 500 just shy of 1%, and the Nasdaq Composite gained nearly 0.4% at the end of the day tradings. The regional banks, as I said, rose yesterday, rebounding from big losses in the past weeks. The focus of the bond markets yesterday was the 16 billion Swiss franc wipeout of Credit Suisse additional tier one bondholders. The Swiss regulator FINMA announced on Sunday that Credit Suisse's AT1 bonds are to be written down to zero as part of the UBS takeover deal. Regulators in other countries have been scrambling to point out that shareholder capital has to be written down before AT1 debt in their countries. And indeed, additional tier one bonds issued by banks in Asia Pacific have rebounded overnight, with shares also rising. In the Treasury market, US government bonds whipsawed through the global trading day yesterday. The policy-sensitive two-year US Treasury yield ended yesterday's session 14 basis points higher, just below 4%. And there was no trading of cash treasuries in Asia hours Tuesday, as there's a holiday in Japan. Over in Asia, stock markets rose this morning after Wall Street's relief rally on hopes that the banking crisis may be easing following the UBS takeover of Credit Suisse. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index was up 0.93%, with the Hang Seng Tech Index higher at 1.73%. In mainland China, the Shanghai Composite was up almost half a percent, while the Shenzhen component managed the full half. The MSCI Asia-Pacific Financials Index rose 0.6% this morning after sliding to its lowest since November yesterday. In the currency markets, the euro, British pound and Japanese yen all traded off versus the dollar. And in commodities, oil fell after a turbulent session, even as a calmer tone returned to the market. Gold fell 0.3% to $1,972.83 an ounce. Looking forwards, European shares are poised for a positive open today, with futures on the main indices all healthily in the green currently. The US Federal Reserve's Open Market Committee meeting kicks off later today, with the central bank expected to approve a quarter percentage point interest rate increase, according to market pricing and many Wall Street experts. So it's great that our senior economist David Meyer now joins me on the show. We've got a number of central banks holding monetary policy meetings this week, and with many market commentators blaming the current rash of bank collapses on the fact that central banks have raised rates too fast, are we expecting them to slow down this week, David? Yes, good morning uh, to our audience also from my side. So you mentioned, Bernadette, we have a central bank week uh, in the context of the recent banking sector issues, such as the meltdown of the regional US banks due to the higher interest rates. So the U.S. Fed meets this Wednesday, and obviously it is increasingly between a rock and a hard place because the economy remains rather strong, so a robust labor market and still sticky inflation. But the financial sector is showing cracks due to higher rates that tighten financial conditions considerably. So the big question is, will this warning shot uh, that tighter monetary conditions are increasingly a challenge for the economy cause the Fed rather to pause? We believe that a rate hike of the Fed Fund's target rate range by 25 basis points to 4.75 to 5% remains likely. And this is also indicated by a still roughly 74% market implied probability of this hike. Looking forward, however, these cracks in the banking system could 
indeed finally bring a more cautious approach with regard to further hikes and the Fed to acknowledge that its past hikes have tightened financial conditions sufficiently to slow economic activity and ultimately help bring down inflation. And more importantly, maybe the political pressure to hike more could become lower. So if the Fed would indeed uh, become more mindful about further hikes and consider a pause after this meeting, the risks of an over-tightening would be reduced. And with that, also the risk that the economy will be pushed into a recession in the next 12 months would be lower. Um, on Thursday, uh, we have the Bank of England meeting and the call there is maybe even narrower because the UK also has a large banking sector. Analyst expectations are still set for a further 25 basis points hike to 4.25%. But given the recent uh, financial sector uncertainties, uh, the implied probability has dropped to about 50%. So from that perspective, it appears to be a flip of a coin. Actually, the macro backdrop would probably enable a further hike as inflation has remained quite sticky in the UK at currently 10.1% year on year uh, for the January figure. Also, the growth backdrop looks a bit more optimistic and it appears as if the expected recession in the UK is unfolding a lot more shallow than previously feared with chances that it may even barely escape uh, the recession fully. So probably it will be the February inflation data um, that will come out on Wednesday that will tip the scales in either direction. So if we get indications of sticky inflation, we will most likely see the rate hike. If inflation drops more than the expected 9.9% year on year, the hike might be called off. Anyways, uh, the Bank of England is probably the major central bank that is closest to concluding its rate hiking cycle. And on Thursday, we also have the Swiss National Bank meeting. And here the question obviously is whether the Credit Suisse turmoil will cause the SMB to reconsider the widely expected 50 basis points hike. We believe that no, uh, because the issues at Credit Suisse were housemade uh, credibility issues and not necessarily related to higher interest rates due to central bank tightening. Also, the Swiss franc is no longer an issue uh, to hinder the SMB from hiking further, with the SMB showing a new sympathy for a stronger franc since it moved back to an orthodox policy last year. So a stronger franc helps uh, to contain inflation risks, and we have seen that Swiss inflation, um, currently at 3.8% year on year, is far lower than among peer economies. Also, the franc is no longer overvalued as this uh, lower relative Swiss inflation pushed up its fair value. So we see green light uh, for the expected 50 basis points hike to 1.5% that uh, merely narrows the gap to the ECB's rates again after the ECB went ahead with 50 basis points last week. From there, however, uh, we expect the SMB rather on hold because, as I mentioned before, the Swiss inflation backdrop argues for less pressure to hike rates than maybe elsewhere. So that's uh, all from my side on the central banks this week. Um, thanks for listening and back to you, Bernadette. Thank you, David, for the update and the insights. And now Manuel Villegas from Next Generation Research joins us on the show. I, for one, am keen to hear how crypto assets have responded to the rout in regular banks over the last week. What's the latest, Manuel? Good morning, Bernadette. And you're right, it's been interesting to say the least. And we can trace back Bitcoin's origins to the great financial crisis. 
It was created as a critique to the bailout of banks and the ever-increasing money supply in centralized monetary systems. Its 70% year-to-date rally comes at a time of a very challenging macroeconomic and financial market climate, as you rightly said before. However, Bitcoin transactions have soared, with an active supply that continues to decrease for all time frames above 90 days. Its on-chain data suggests that Bitcoin investors are, in fact, holding on for dear life, or hodling, as, as it is known in the industry. Despite the stress that has been building in the financial sector more recently. The rally, however, is not reflecting the fact that lower levels of global liquidity, tighter regulations, and the fallout of crypto-friendly banks will complicate things sooner than later. It is not reflecting the rising risk of a financial crisis, even though this may be on the minds of many, following the recent events in the financial sector. On and off ramping solutions constitute the main avenue to enable investors access to cryptos with fiat money, say government-backed currencies, and vice versa, to liquidate cryptos back into fiat. So institutional adoption is largely dependent on these solutions. The ramping space is largely dominated by centralized exchanges that are often unregulated. A handful of KYC software providers that adapt credit card solutions to decentralized wallets, and more importantly, banks. And Signature and Silvergate were some of the banks that provide institutional level on and off ramping, and thus their demise should hurt rather than help crypto in the short term. Instead of fears of a financial crisis, we believe the recent rally in Bitcoin first and foremost reflects expectations of a massive shift in U.S. monetary policy. The market-implied U.S. federal fund rate by the end of this year has dropped from more than 5.5% prior to the turmoil in the financial industry to less than 4% as of today. That's a weight on the U.S. dollar and in turn temporarily lifted Bitcoin prices back above 28,000. That said, we do not believe such a shift in U.S. monetary policy is warranted, suggesting that Bitcoin prices have rallied too fast and too far. We thereby stick to our neutral view. That's it. Thank you so much, Bernard. Thank you so much, Manuel. Well, that concludes today's podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Join us again tomorrow for all the latest market news with my colleague, Mike Rauber. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Bear experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.